So this is um, what the fifth major meeting to solve the, the crisis. And this was supposed to be a historic day in the history of, uh, of the world. Um, but when you see what actually was delivered, I'm not really that uh, impressed. So, so let's go through it. It's actually not that much new um, came out today. So the key thing was that um, the, the hope was an agreement amongst all 27 EU members. And it turned out that only 23 could agree. And the basic idea was to have a, a fiscal compact. So the flaw of the, the idea of the euro was that you're doing monetary policy, but if the fiscal policy is out of control, then you're going to have imbalances, and it just wouldn't work. And, and, and people have said this ever since the, the whole idea was floated uh, of actually having a common currency, that you have to have some fiscal discipline. And it was actually recognized. So in the uh, Financial Stability Pact of 1997, the rules are there. So it says 60% uh, debt to GDP. It says the deficit can't go above 3%. Okay, so this stuff has been there for a long time. And there were even some mechanisms um, to adjust. But most of those mechanisms were um, sort of to try to persuade countries to get back on track. Uh, it's really interesting to note that uh, a majority of the countries um, are violators of the Growth and Stability Pact, including Germany. So, and, and violators by a large degree. So 3% um, deficit GDP is, is pretty low compared to what some of the countries are, are running today. So, the big deal, uh, supposedly, is that um, the, the European Council now has got more ability to, um, to actually look at the budget proposals. And uh, also, they've got the ability to clear the debt financing in advance. Ex ante is the language in the release. Um, so, just, it is a bit confusing. Um, the European Council um, is, there, there are so many uh, intricacies uh, of this. Um, there's um, the Council, the Commission, and, and the actual EU uh, Parliament. So, so basically, right now, in order to get an exemption under the new rules, which are not even implemented yet, you have to have... Um, basically two-thirds uh, of, the, of the members voting. So I think that they've moved a step closer to kind of a fiscal union, but it could be a long way off. And to negotiate the mechanisms is going to be difficult even though the mechanisms resemble the Financial um, Stability Pact of 1997, 
you've got to put this through uh, at least the 23 countries and get approval. And by the time this is operational, it's, it's going to be quite a while, as far as I can tell. But we're in a crisis uh, right now. Does this solve the fundamental imbalances that exist uh, amongst some of the countries in the Eurozone? No. Um, does this give a uh, prescription for growth, which they really need? No. I say nothing. So probably to me, given that it doesn't look that much different than the financial um, uh, stability pact on 1997, and given that everybody basically violated that, um, to me, that's probably not the biggest deal. Um, the nudge in the direction of kind of unified uh, fiscal policy, hopefully something can come of that because the monetary union cannot survive uh, in its present state. Probably the biggest deal for me was what the, um, the head of the ECB said. So that, this is the key. So, so basically, um, the president of the ECB said that this, that he was satisfied, that this is good enough for him. And he also said something, and I don't have the exact quote that was kind of interesting, that you kind of have to look at the, the longer run kind of cause and effect and that this was the right step towards something that could happen in the future. And, and the key thing here is that he needs some sort of assurance like this before changing the strategy of the ECB. Strategy of the ECB has been a very limited uh, bond buying program. They hold maybe 200 billion euros of problem countries' debt. And people have been screaming at them to basically be the lender of last resort, to actually go and um, be more active uh, in the market in terms of buying the sovereign uh, bonds. They, they've hesitated uh, to do that, um, citing many reasons. Um, and it is perfectly within their means to do this as long as they buy these bonds on the secondary market. They can't go buy them directly from uh, the governments because that's against the, um, the Treaty of Lisbon. But um, there are things that can be done, and um, the ECB president was very clear, um, I guess, uh, last week, in saying that there are alternatives. And I think, given what we've seen today, he is satisfied that the first step has been taken, which is basically an agreement to agree. First step has been taken, therefore he can do some more innovative things, which essentially means providing much more liquidity than um, the bank has been for providing in the past. Okay, so, so that to me is important. So it's, it's more um, the reaction of the ECB to the announcement today, that's the important thing. So it gives us an idea of what could happen, which means a much more flexible um, policy on the uh, part of, uh, 
of the ECB, uh, which has been very inflexible. It's also the case that uh, we do have a sketch and all the details, there's nothing. There's a seven page double spaced uh, release uh, from the um, European Council. So it, it's, it's very, very terse. There's not a lot of uh, implementation details, uh, but there does appear to be a system whereby the centralized commission will have the ability to make changes in other countries' uh, budgets. I'm not sure how practical that is, um, but it is definitely a, a step in the direction of a, a fiscal uh, compact. So th that to me is, is kind of the, the big deal from today. Uh, markets basically took it mildly positively, but certainly not the reaction that you would expect if this was an event of historic proportions. Yeah, it's still fraught with uncertainty. This does not solve the problem. What people want is something like what happened in uh, the U.S. financial crisis, where uh, the Fed acted decisively and quickly. And this basically, um, we've been going through these meetings, as I said, this fifth meeting of, of historical proportions. And it just doesn't grab me as uh, a solution. Uh, is the crisis over? No. Um, is it a move in the right direction? Maybe. Has uncertainty been resolved? No. So still a lot of extra stuff uh, to be done. Uh, and, and I can kind of understand the market kind of uh, shrugging it and, and, and saying, okay, well, let's go on to the next meeting. And there will be a next meeting and a meeting after that. They have to meet so many times uh, to get this done. Plus, you've got to go back and, and part of the, uh, of the idea that they approved last night was uh, that this must be actually part of the law in each of the EU uh, countries. So this just isn't something that you kind of ratify with a treaty. You actually have to go and make some changes in your law. So that might be uh, a, a law in a, a parliament, or it might actually be a change in your constitution. In Germany, in my opinion, given the uh, federal court ruling in September, they need to change the constitution. Other countries, the same thing is going to have to happen because effectively you are giving up um, an important part of your sovereignty. Okay? So they, they gave up their monetary policy when um, you become part of a, a currency union. But now the next step is to, is to give up your fiscal policy. And look, in terms of the German constitution, no way. So the only way to deal with that is to change the German constitution. Is that going to be easy to do? No. It's part of the uncertainty that uh, the chancellor can uh, champion uh, this proposal, but to go and change that constitution when a substantial number of people 
in Germany think that this is basically uh, the first step towards what they call a transfer union. So where the, basically uh, the Germans will be bankrolling um, these troubled uh, economies. And, and it is not popular uh, in, in Germany. And Germans uh, took um, austerity measures a number of years ago. They messed with their pension plan and put it back in, in, in reasonable shape with reasonable retirement age. And then they're being asked, for example, I think the number is um, 30,000 euros for each Greek citizen to dole out in a country that's got a retirement age of 55. And they've got to work to 65 or 67. That's a tough sell. So this idea of transfer union uh, is very unpopular. So these are, uh, if you want a common currency, um, you have to have a, a mechanism to sustain it. That didn't happen when everything began, though people realized that this situation of a crisis could arise or would arise. And indeed, I believe that some people took it as the only way to get a fiscal union would be to have a crisis like this. And really, the only country um, that I've, you know, I've said in my blog um, that really uh, can, can make this happen is Germany. So if you look at the dynamics between Germany and France, they've changed dramatically. Um, it's, uh, Sarkozy is in tow right now. Um, and Merkel is, is calling the shots. Uh, she gave up a little bit in terms of sharing the burden uh, in terms of some of these sovereign bonds uh, with the private sector, just a little bit. So, so am I really optimistic on Europe right now? No. And is this gonna solve the problem? Maybe, but in the longer term. For the problem, the key problem, is that time is running out. So we had you know, ideas and reforms in May uh, of 2010, and 20 months later, we've got this. We still don't have anything operational. So, so I think that it's gonna take uh, a while and the problem is that European banks need to be recapitalized now. And there's debt that just is, needs to be basically written down. There needs to be refinancing. And that's a lot of money, a lot more money than, than is being proposed uh, right now. So I am not optimistic. 